peace and love. You are listening to episode one of Public Relations Show with your host, Mike Valentine, the public relations champ. In this very first episode, I hit a home run. I got to have a meeting with the head of all of public elations for Ben and Jerry's, Laura Peterson. Laura and I had a very good talk that was eye-opening and equally refreshing. Maybe even as refreshing as Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I don't think that there's a chance that I will ever eat any other kind of ice cream unless the brand is doing as much as Ben and Jerry's is doing. Ben and Jerry's is leading a fight to dismantle white supremacy. What other ice cream brand is doing that? What other kind of brand in, in general is doing that? And they're still making great ice cream. I mean, in 2016, they told the world Black Lives Matter. Well, they echoed it. They they echoed what they were they were hearing and they took a stance. And for that I applaud them. And I think that we have found a great ally in Ben and Jerry's. Because you know black dollars also matter. And black people love ice cream. I know I have people of all flavors listening to this podcast. But without further ado, I'd like to bring you into the conversation with Laura Peterson, head of public relations, and your boy, the public relations champ, Mike Valentine. Without further ado, here we go. Welcome to Public Relations Show, where we follow the people in public relations behind the brands, companies, and issues that matter. And now, here's your host, the public relations champ, mighty Mike Valentine. Peace and blessings, Laura. (laughs) Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Um... This is totally impromptu. Um, I'm very rough with my style. And I think that's that's the kind of person I'm going to be in public relations. Um, I, I call myself the public relations champ. And I'm mm-hmm. here, for, here for the people. And you, I guess, are essentially my first guest. Um, okay, then. So how's your day mm-hmm. going? So far, so good. It's 1030 here on the East Coast. And uh, I just had a really good meeting with our grand poobah of public relations, who's my boss. So I'm raring to go. That's good. Now, are you in Vermont? I am. Um, Many of us are here in Vermont. We have two factories in Vermont, um, but our central support or corporate headquarters is in South Burlington, Vermont. And of course, now everybody's working from home, except for our manufacturing plant workers. They're all in the plant making the ice cream. Gotcha. So how has COVID changed the Ben & Jerry's business model, would you say? 
It's been very interesting. I uh, really appreciate the personal support that our CEO and our corporate parent, which is Unilever, has offered us. They start every meeting with take care of yourself, take care of your family. And they've given us a lot of support uh, emotionally and psychologically because this has been a weird time. But then they also give us support in terms of how can we make the transition to working from home as smooth as possible. Uh, We talk about it a lot and how strange it is and how it is different. And that is we do a lot of video conferencing, which is exhausting. It is a lot harder to talk to people over the video than it is in person uh, because you have to concentrate so hard and you're aware of being on camera and it's just not as smooth or as easy. I am exhausted at the end of the day if I have a lot of meetings. Um, it's see. a little, yeah, it's a little harder to do collaboration and brainstorming because there's an artificial formality. It's not just throwing things against the wall. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, in two weeks, I'm going to participate in a tasting innovation meeting. In the past, we would all be together and we would taste 40 different ice creams over two days just with one little small spoon and write down and rank and talk about what we like and don't like. Now it has to be sent to our homes and we have to do this quote together over the internet. Very different experience. Mm. But we're rolling. We're just rolling with the changes and doing our best. And, And the upside is that I guess ice cream is a comfort food that people have turned to during these weird times because right. our fans are really appreciating our our ice cream right now. Right. And I've been eating your ice cream for years. And I, um, I want to say that June 3rd, when that release came out and the company had stated its position on everything happening with uh, social justice, I was just like, wow, I'm, really confirmed in my fandom with Ben and Jerry's. And that was really an eye-opener. I was really proud that day. I had helped edit the statement, but I didn't write it. Uh, So I knew it was coming. But I was so proud that our company was willing to say the truth, to name names, to use words like murder, um, and to talk about an historic culture of brutality in police departments. Um, I was just really moved that the company was able to say that. We were able to say it in part because we've been working on issues of systemic racism and criminal justice reform for at least four years, probably five. And we came out with a statement that saying, yes, black lives do matter in 2016, which at the time was a hugely controversial position to take, if you can believe it. And we got a lot of blowback. But, you know, we've been talking and walking since at least 2016 Mm -hmm. and working with communities and working with nonprofit organizations to build social movements and create social change. So we weren't coming out of left field 
in saying these things about dismantling white supremacy. We've been actually working mm-hmm. with people to create change for a long time. Right. And that, now that, that's the difference. Laura, that sends like chills down my spine because to hear, <laughs> obviously I saw your picture. I know you're a white woman and you're mm-hmm. saying white supremacy. You're saying black lives matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've, I'm like Switzerland, you know, everybody's cool with me, but I don't put up with anyone's, you know, shenanigans. I don't care what you look like. Um, mm-hmm. And, but at the end of the day, I'm so proud to have uh, allies with a war chest mm-hmm. to, to do mm-hmm. what's, to do what's yeah. responsible, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, uh, there, there's so many of us without a voice and you, you are, uh, capturing that voice and you're, you're helping to um, spearhead that. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. We believe one is not an ally until somebody calls you one, that you can't call yourself an ally until the group calls you one. So thank you. Right. Well, I don't speak for all black folks. I'm just no. saying for this black guy right here. Like yeah. you, we you, are your uh, ally. You, 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 yeah, I'm like I'm I'm rolling with Ben and Jerry. So like, if anybody else who's listening to this, if they follow me. I believe a leader of leaders, leaders has no followers really. But mm. I try to embody the the freedoms that my great great grandfathers and grandmothers probably wanted me to have. They probably wanted me to sit back and have conversations like this and enjoy ice cream, right? So that's right. And this. In this moment, that's that's what I want to do. Um, that's what I I think other people um, have been able to do in this moment. Um, mm-hmm. Those of us who've been screaming forever now have uh, people like yourself and organizations like Ben and Jerry's to um, push what we've been saying and what you've been realizing all along. But you've been getting blowback. Oh yeah. Um... We have a social mission uh, strategy leader who says, if you're not being controversial and getting blowback from somebody, you're probably not doing anything terribly important. It's not that we are seeking to to anger people, uh, but we take stands and we are not afraid to say what we believe in. Not everybody's going to agree with us 100% of the time that that doesn't even happen around the dinner table, but um, <laughs> we're okay. We don't have right. to be everybody's favorite. Right. Now, could could you kind of, um, I know you can't talk about any kind of anything pending that may be a legal matter, but from an opinion standpoint, these people who've been around the, the dinner table and are disgusted with your the stance and Ben and Jerry's having an opinion. What, Mm -hmm. what kinds of, um, are those organizations? Are those prior customers? Are they no longer fans? What's, who are those people comprised of? In 2016, when we said black lives matter, um, we got a lot of response from supporters of police and police officers who said blue lives matter too. And we got some, resistance from people inside the company who had a military background. Um, So they were not understanding the position. Uh, You can't 
all lives can't matter until black lives matter, but they weren't, they weren't getting that nuance. They thought it was an us versus them conversation and it's not. Uh, we often get people on Facebook or Twitter saying, you know, go back to making ice cream, stay out of politics. Uh, I'm never eating your, I'm never going to buy one of your gallons again. Well, we don't sell in gallons. So we know that they never really were one of our fans or customers. Um, And what's the third point I was going to make? Oh, yes. Ben said that one of the deepest connections you can make with your customer is over shared values. Mm. So we, we are not afraid to say what our values are and our values haven't changed. And they started with Jerry and with Ben 42 years ago. They are progressive. Um, and Jerry says, we don't have to be all things to all people. We don't have to. And that actually, if you're trying to be all things to all people, you end up being very vanilla with nothing wrong with vanilla. It's one of our top selling flavors, but it's lowest common denominator at that point. So we are, we are wildly uh, popular with a segment of the country. And Mm. that's, that's our core and that's, we love them. They love us. We try to love them even more. What year were you born? 1964. Interesting. That was, I believe, the same year. The uh, uh, perhaps there was uh, things happening at the Capitol. Um, voting measures were being uh, changed, and there was a lot of um, political upheaval. Do you remember those days? Uh, my earliest memories are of soldiers coming home from the Vietnam War uh, in coffins, and video from Vietnam of the war being fought in the jungle. I remember watching that on a black and white television and since learning that that was the first televised war. I remember Nixon resigning. Um, I don't remember 68 because I would have been four. Mm. Gotcha. So wait, what about what about you? Oh, me. 1979, yeah. uh, November okay. 27th. I'm a Sagittarius, born <laughs> the same exact day as Take a Wild Guess. Let's take a wild guess. Two, two great people. Two great people in, did you say November? Both, yeah, both buried in Seattle. Nope. No idea. Um, Jimi Hendrix <laughs> and, Bruce, and Bruce Lee. Are you telling me that Jimi Hendrix is buried in Seattle? Because I thought he was in yes. Paris. He's in I Seattle. He I, um, yeah. Uh, um, I went to his gravesite. His, his gravesite was that. there. Really? I'm, I'm looking it up while we talk. Okay, we're gonna do some fact okay. checking. <laughs> maybe, maybe some, maybe some fan paraphernalia was buried in Seattle. I don't yeah, know. I feel that, like that Jimmy be. was there. That could be. So we'll he, see. Yeah, so he he was born on November 27th, yes. Died in mm-hmm. September. Anyway, let's go on okay, and then we'll, I'll tell you what I learned. 
Hey, it, it does. It does. Yeah, this is this is on the fly. This is this is how we're rolling. Two <laughs> two professionals and two professionals in PR just talking about yeah. rock stars, and you you That's are right. a rock star in what you do, Laura. And yeah. um, I know you you can't you were remembering the uh, things happening with bodies coming home from from Vietnam, and sure, I just want to understand what at an early age was maybe the thing that you look back to that sort of defined your path and your career in public relations, or as I, as you say, public elations. Elations. Yes. Well, I can only say public elations because I work for Ben and Jerry's and I tell students uh, who are studying PR that it is important to know who you could not work for uh, because it is your face and your name and your words often that are in the media representing your company or your client. So make sure that they're not at odds with who you are and what you believe. Um, let's see. I started in television as a journalist and loved it and thought it was really important. I fully believed that our democracy relied on an informed and educated public in order for it to work and that media was part of that. I became disillusioned. Uh, I was in television news and it became more and more of an entertainment rather than a news source. So I got out of that and worked for a, a business called Vermont Businesses for Social Responsibility. And I moved from California here because my husband got a job with Ben Cohen as his chief of stuff. Um, this group called Vermont Businesses for Social Responsibility um, were a bunch of do-gooder companies, basically, that saw more than a single bottom line. They saw a triple bottom line of what you can do for people, for the planet, and for profit, that they were all equally important. And Ben said that business was the single most influential entity in our society able to create positive change. It used to be religion. It used to be the government. And now it's business that has the most sway over public opinion and policy. So I thought, huh, I'm, I, if that's where the power is, that's where I need to be to express the values that I hold. And that's how I ended up at Ben and Jerry's, which I call my dream job because in my opinion, it is the best example of using the power of business to create positive social change. So I think it might've been that meeting Ben when he told me these things, when I first started thinking about the power of business and if I'm going to be in business. I'm going to be doing PR because that's where my skills are and that's what I know. Uh, it, it would be different if I were a data analysis person, but I'm not. How do you imagine the mission of Ben and Jerry's will perhaps make the world a better place? Using that power of business, but not by itself. We need to encourage other businesses to use their power to create positive social change. And the way that we do it is 
that we use all of our resources at our disposal. It includes money, but not exclusively money. We don't just, it's not philanthropy, definitely. It's not cause marketing. It's not throwing money at a problem or helicoptering into a situation, throwing around some money and then leaving. That's not our model. Uh, we partner with nonprofits and grassroots organizers and activists working on a larger so, uh, social movement. And we try to build movements in partnership with these people, which means mm. we're not leading. We support their strategies. We say, right. how can we help? Can we help with money? Can we give you ice cream? Ben, Ben's very wise. Ben said that it's easier to have a tough conversation about a tough issue over ice cream. It's just something that makes people smile. And it, uh, mm -hmm. it's hard to have an argument over ice cream uh, because it's a happy thing. It does facilitate hard conversations. So, for example, we were in St. Louis um, working with the Close the Workhouse Coalition, trying to close a jail that was particularly awful and held a lot of people of color who were there simply because they could not afford bail. They had not been um, convicted of anything. They just couldn't afford bail. So we're trying to close this jail, and um, we showed up with our ice cream truck handing out free ice cream. And when we gathered a crowd, then our nonprofit partner would come in and say, by the way, there's a city council meeting on Thursday. Y'all should come and voice your opinion. Or you all should be calling your alderman and telling them what you think. So we can help with ice cream. We can help with our advertising and marketing operations. Our people in those departments are very smart. And when you use that power of marketing toward a social movement, it's magic. And I, my own um, time has been spent on campaigns like this using my PR expertise. So we bring all the resources of a business to an issue, not just money. Oh, and you, we could, sometimes we even... Uh, name of flavor after the movement. Interesting. My uh, my partner in life, um, Dr. Maya Cornet. She's a uh, professor at Morehouse, and um, I'm happy to say she's just uh, received a position uh, where she's head of the Oprah Winfrey Scholars Program. Woo! Uh, where good for her. She, yes, yes, she is responsible for making sure all of the the young men who are at Morehouse on Oprah's money uh go out into the world and uh, apply their education and they uh take on careers and and jobs or entrepreneurial pursuits that make the world a better place now do you focus on world issues also we focus on regional issues because we have we sell in about 35 different countries around the world, but not all of the issues are the same. The U.S. is facing an, still an incredible racial justice problem um, and has for 400 years. Uh, but right. so that's what we're focusing on. We're trying to, to 
raise awareness and education of the systemic things in our society that create and promote racism. Um, but in the in the UK, the focus is on refugees because there's a huge refugee problem in that they want to relocate to the UK and they're being stopped in the middle of the ocean and told to turn around and go back. Uh, in Australia, it's climate change uh, because they have um, the opportunity to make policy changes that will slow climate change and yet they're being um, re facing a conservative parliament. And so it depends on which issues are affecting those particular regions and will resonate with consumers or, or do resonate with consumers in a way that's going to activate them and make them part of the movement. Mm. So what do you do for fun? Like you, you have <laughs> such an important job and I'm imagining that there's team Laura Peterson there somewhere. <laughs> Something you do. Gary <laughs> said, if it's not fun, why do it? And that has become right. one of two of our unofficial mottos. The other one is business has a responsibility to give back to its community. But if it's not fun, why do it has become a bumper sticker. And the truth is, it's not flippant. Jerry was actually serious when he asked that question. So if it's not fun, what is the reason to do it? A reason would be that it's fun, but if it's not fun, is it profitable? Is it meaningful? Is it good for your health? I mean, he was sincerely asking, what is the reason to do it? Mm -hmm. um, but uh, we do have a lot of fun at Ben & Jerry's. How can you not have fun at Ben & Jerry's when you have great ice cream, funny names, you get to experiment with food and there's a lot, when we were all together, there was a lot of eating. It's a very food centric company. Um, and there's just joy. There's joy in our optimism and in our mm -hmm. brand colors and mm -hmm. just in the way that we approach life. So it's not all serious. And even the serious topics we try to approach from, an approachable way, an accessible way, a way where people don't feel like somebody is telling them, eat your peas. It's not an eat your peas mm -hmm. approach. It's this is what you can do to make a difference. Now, what are you doing personally, Laura, to personally make sure for that, fun. <laughs> that, that, that you, not just for fun, but also mm -hmm. just to protect yourself because you're fighting this, this battle and you're, you're fighting white supremacy. Um, how are you protecting yourself to stay sharp and to communicate clearly like a, a dagger? <laughs> um, it helps that I have an incredible life partner also who is in the fight right beside me. It is odd that I'm doing this in Vermont, which is 96% white. Um, a lot of my friends are um, similarly minded. We agree, but there is some performative agreements going on. Uh, they have they don't have lived experience of of 
And I certainly don't know what the experience is from a black person's perspective. I, I have lived in Los Angeles uh, and more diverse cultures, uh, and I'm steeped in this at work, but I don't. Oh, so you're saying, how do I keep myself? Um, it's hard. It's hard in COVID. I feel isolated. Um, mm-hmm. I live in a beautiful house on the top of a mountain, and it's isolating. Mm-hmm. But it's also close to a reservoir, and I float. Right. I float in the reservoir. I, I love what you said about flavor, and uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I may have driven through Vermont. Um, yeah. But you know, that's where the fight is. You know, it's, it's everywhere. The fight is everywhere. And but you're right. I mean, this is a white person's fight. If it was a a BIPOC problem it would have been solved by now. It will not be solved without white people understanding changing. Right. I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Thanks. So I'm thinking that um, to, to elaborate on what you said, which was brilliant, which had me thinking about marketing and communication, maybe in a new light as it relates to the light that Ben and Jerry's is um, giving the world is there's something synonymous about ice cream and the process and the flavoring and how it can mm-hmm. be remixed into different things and speak to the time and to the moment. Kind of like how Michael Jordan had the opportunity to be like everyone else and just have Adidas be his shoe sponsor. And mm-hmm. at the time, Adidas was keeping it very safe, and here comes this running shoe upstart that took a risk with Michael Jordan, who was very much at that time the pinnacle and staying up with the time, and and they stayed on with Michael Jordan, and through now there's so many collaborations and things that are happening. Mm -hmm. Do you, when you all are tasting flavors and collaborating, what does that process really look like when you decide? yes, this is the new product? Well, creating a flavor typically takes 18 months. So we can't necessarily respond to a moment in time immediately unless we simply rename an existing flavor, which we have done. We did that for gay marriage. We took, uh, it might have been Chubby Hubby, and made it Hubby Hubby. Um, to celebrate the gay marriage decision. But if we're coming up with a brand new flavor, that takes about 18 months. And that is a very complicated process, which includes our flavor gurus going out on flavor discovery tours, at least in the past, pre-COVID. They would go to a city such as Denver, say, and look at all of the hot restaurants go there and then order everything on the menu, on the dessert menu, and then try a bite or two of each one. They would be just steeped in the media and the magazines and who's the new hot chef and what what are the new hot trends. And they bring that knowledge and um, trend awareness to the creation of the flavor. 
And then once they have a few iterations of what they think is going to be really good, they talk to the marketing department and the marketing department gets to taste everything. And it, it, it goes from there. But I will tell you that our flavors that have been named after people or shows, we do not need another white man on our pike. I, I believe our, our, next, our next partnership with a celebrity will not be a white man. So that will be progress. We're a very white company. We have been a very white company for a very long time. Well-intentioned, certainly, but, you know, uh, born in Vermont, our makeup reflects our state and not our intention. So we're definitely making moves to change that. Yeah. I, I want to interrupt you just for a moment because you were right. He's interred at Greenwood Cemetery in Renton, Washington. According to Wikipedia. Right. Yeah. Right. So I apologize. Yes. Looking at your role and Ben and Jerry's in this in this fight. Now you got that war chest, and you guys can. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't see anybody in your lane, anybody in your way. I don't. I don't think there could be any other company um, that can come in and make it make it fun. This is a new war. I don't think yeah. this American Revolution is going to be. Um, uh, fought in arms. It might be fought in ice cream. You know. Uh, <laughs> well, it's it, certainly it, being it, fought in hearts and minds. That's for sure. Right. These, these are attitudes and actions that have been going on and are steeped in our system for years and years and years. They're entrenched. It's going to take an effort. It's going to take a war of words, and hopefully not bloodshed. But change change comes after conflict. Right. So I, I think one part of this conversation that I want to shed light to before mm-hmm. we go, and I, I appreciate your, your time today. Mm-hmm. I'm so inspired to help people start the process of understanding more about perhaps supplier opportunities or perhaps franchising opportunities with Ben and Jerry's people who Mm -hmm. traditionally come from places where we think uh, they're food deserts or, you know, Mm -hmm. Hey, black people like Starbucks. Why isn't there not a Starbucks here? Um, What can someone do with the resources to, uh, to do business with your brand? Well, it helps that we are taking a more proactive approach to have a more representative uh, supply chain and franchise community. We have been working on systemic racism, like I said, for a few years now, but realize that we have a lot of work in-house to do, a lot of work to be done inside Ben & Jerry's walls, which we admit are very white. Um, So we have taken on four work streams to look at the root causes of racism within Ben and Jerry's 
uh, even bias that we're not aware of. And so we're looking at our supply chain, our culture, our franchise system, and uh, our HR recruiting, even KPIs around what our employee base looks like. I'm on the franchise work chain. And we start with why, why are our franchisees so white? What is it about our system that creates this result? And it turns out you, you have to have a certain wealth um, base to qualify. Well, what if we changed that? And what if we did recruiting at historically black colleges? And what if we hired somebody who was uh, familiar with people of color in franchise businesses? I mean, we started brainstorming. How can we get around some of these barriers that were not set up to exclude people of color, but that's exactly what they ended up doing. So we are trying to look at root causes and then finding solutions to take down those barriers so that our franchise community can be more representative. Same with our suppliers. Um, we have a, a test, so to speak, an audit of our suppliers. Are they socially responsible? But now we need to look at, are they BIPOC owned? Um, and that can be, that is now going to be a, not a litmus test, but one of the considerations in terms of who, is, who supplies Ben and Jerry's. So we're making progress. Um, we are actively changing our policies to address the whiteness of our supply chain and our franchise community. Mm. And to be a franchise at Ben and Jerry's, I believe the requisites are going to change, but you can go on our website to find out what they currently are to see if you're interested in, in becoming a franchise. Right. We're thinking, we're thinking scholarships, entrepreneur classes, um, uh, things to offer our current owners to encourage um, giving over their business to uh, a person of color. Uh, mm -hmm. So we're, we're brainstorming. Well, you know, there's a, there's so much equity in your brand. I mean, I'm not mm -hmm. sure what the current valuation of the, the company is, but the image and likeness of, of Ben and Jerry's will make anything sell and it will help anyone sell. And, I'm imagining if it's communicated in a clear way and there mm -hmm. is a, a clear pathway for someone to become a franchisee, I think mm -hmm. it would be a no-brainer for members of my audience to say, hey, hey, Mike, um, uh, help me uh, raise a little bit of this capital and a little bit of this, re yeah. this requirement so I can go to this uh, ben and Jerry's University, so I can learn everything mm -hmm. Ben and Jerry, so I so I can see if I can in fact do this. Because your yeah. systems are in place, ice cream is brilliant, leadership is brilliant. You guys yeah. are uh, you, you might be the you might be the goat of our time. <laughs> we might be, 
weak and might be. clearly. We might be. We might be. Yeah, that, right. You might be. <laughs> June 3rd changed, changed my life. And hmm. uh, that's when the idea for public relations show just came up. I'm like, that's what it is. It's not just a show, but public relations show. It shows if you yeah. have a damn relationship with the public. Yeah. It shows. It's a show. That's right. That's right. I, I wanted to thank you for giving me this opportunity to talk to you and talk to your audience and say, say out loud the work that we're doing. And um, yeah, it's important. It's important to do the work. It's important to talk about the work. It's important to be able to frame it carefully, honestly, transparently, and in a way that will be heard. And every time I get the opportunity to talk about it, it helps me refine those messages. So thank you very much. Thank you so much. And mm-hmm. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And I'm bringing you blessings and cheer to your uh, mountaintop and, and Vermont, <laughs> which I'd like to, to see one day. I, I don't know if I can climb a mountain, but I'd try. Um, <laughs> You seem like a totally cool person, and Thank I hope you. this is not the last time we are in communication. Thank you very much. Right back at you, and I hope so, too. And there you have it. And here are my final thoughts on thoughts. So as you heard, Laura broke it down. I mean, forever there have been fans of a certain segment of great people who love Ben and Jerry's ice cream they really have been finding their voice in this time and people who never really even knew what Ben and Jerry's is all about they're falling away for instance when she said that folks said just shut up and uh, stick to your gallons you know Ben and Jerry's doesn't even sell things by the gallon so those people fell away. You know, that's an amazing lesson that has been taught. And they're connecting through people, through shared values. Values we all share as Americans. They've made a strong position. Well, in closing, if you love this show and you want to become a citizen of the show, Follow us on Instagram at Public Relations Show. For exclusive content, go to publicrelationsshow.com. As always, I love you guys. Be the best you can be. Peace. <laughs>